fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Done right, it is. Welcome into the program, and it is probably one of the busier days that we've had in a very long time on this program. Always so much to talk about. There's never a shortage of things going on nationwide. The catastrophes under the Biden administration and the Democrat-run Washington, D.C. right now. Welcome into the show. Great to have you along for the ride today. This is The Voice Reason. I am Andy Hoosier, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, multiple radio stations, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the program. We love you to death. Thanks for hanging out with us, your Millennial General, reporting for duty like we do every single day. I'm getting a lot of response from the conversation we had yesterday regarding the student loan forgiveness program, the hearing from the U.S. Supreme Court, from the millennial obvious perspective, I have lots of student loan debt, but yet I don't think I need to be having it just whitewashed. Although most of mine's private anyway, so they're like, yeah, that's cute. You need to keep paying on yours. So we'll continue to follow that as the Supreme Court, who said so far they are not planning on making their decision public as of yet. Kind of interesting. We'll talk a little bit about that here in just a little bit. Bottom of the hour, we have Rainer Zeidelman. He is out of Germany. His latest book, In Defense of Capitalism, as we talk about not just capitalism in the United States, which I think is morphed, unfortunately, into crony capitalism, but the idea of capitalism and our thoughts of it, capitalism versus socialism. We see those polls nationwide all the time, not just here in the U.S., but globally across the world as well. So we'll get to that here at the bottom of the hour. I don't want to waste any time, though, man. I'm excited. I have a guest on the show right now who I've been a fan of for a very long time. It's very sad to see her not in Congress any longer, but excited to see her still active and with her new book coming out as well at our latest in What's Trending. What's Trending Today is she is the former congresswoman from the great state of Utah, the 4th Congressional District. She was also the first black Republican congresswoman in the country. And now her new book, Qualified, Finding Your Voice, leading with character and empowering others. Really honored and happy to have on the program with us here, Mia Love. Mia, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I am living the dream. It's so good to talk with you. I am so happy that you are back active and and rocking it again. Your book sounds fantastic. I can't wait to read it as well. And what a time we live in, isn't it? It's a crazy world out there. It is really, really crazy, which is why we need more and more people making their voices heard, standing up, speaking out. And I mentioned this in the book. If you don't do it, someone inferior to you was going to do it for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, and what I mean by inferior, I'm not just talking about, I'm talking about someone who doesn't know you, know your family, know your life, is going to make those decisions for you and speak up for you. It is unfortunate, and it seems almost that's the way that we're going whenever something bad happens. I mean, we were talking about the swatting calls that happened at our public schools here in Kansas today. Last week, 16 schools got called with active shooter scenarios in Colorado. We have Ohio. We have Georgia. We have North Carolina. We have uh, states all over the place getting these calls. And what do we do? We always run to the government to say, government, do something. You need to do something for us instead of, hey, you know what, maybe I need to have a conversation with my kid and sit down at the dinner table mm-hmm. and we need to talk about these issues and make sure that we are in a safe and good position. I mean, wh- when right. are we going to start taking power back on the home front? I just, you know, I just, I feel as if we need to do a lot more to help have conversations 
with our children, take control of our households. My parents told me, Mia, very clearly as they sent me off to college, my dad said, Mia, you're not going to be a burden to society. You're going to give back. And that voice has always been in my head, which allowed me to run for mayor, city council, and for Congress. But there is something innately, there's something that's going wrong. There's something that is wrong um, that is not, which, which, and the problem that Washington's trying to solve is really won't fix the problem. I mean, having a firearm in the hands of somebody who lacks the ability to make a rational decision is the problem. But the firearm is not the problem. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. (laughs) There, you know, you could, you could, we could talk about this till our just, till our lips are blue. But it just seems to me that Democrats keep holding on to the firearm issue. And that concerns me as we look at our history and what happens to societies that have their firearms taken away from them. I just, we, we have to do what we can to protect our rights as citizens of the United States and have those conversations, like you said, very strong conversations, um, very pointed conversations um, with our children. And to, and that's the only way we're going to take back our country because our children are learning. They are learning. They're not learning from us. They're certainly learning from school. They're learning from friends. They're learning from other places. And they might not be taught the things that we really want to teach them. Amen to that. We're talking with Mia Love, author of the book Qualified, Finding Your Voice, Leading with Character, and Empowering Others, which is exactly what we need to see in society today. For those that don't know your story, Mia, talk about your story, your upbringing, and the fact that you are a first-generation American, which coming and becoming a first-generation American and becoming a congresswoman, that's an amazing American story right there. That's the American dream. My my dad was chased by a Tontamakut, and those who really don't know what a Tontamakut is, they were armed individuals. They were, I call them thugs, that served at the pleasure of the president or dictator in Haiti. Mm. And that was the Duvalier. And no law applied to them. They had free reign to do whatever they wanted to. They can go into your home, eat your food, rape your families, and there would be no justice. They would walk out and be completely fine. And so when you were chased by one of these individuals, you didn't want to get caught. So my father jumped into a sewage pipe, and he stayed there, closed his eyes, and stayed there until the next morning. And when he went home, his mom was shocked to see him because she thought he had died. If a 14-year-old didn't come home at that time in Haiti, the chances are they weren't coming home. Wow. They didn't come home um, at night. That's the, that's the time when my father says he remembers saying he's going to go to America, the land of the free that he had heard about, where you could work as hard to be anything you want to be. If he wanted to, whatever he wanted to do, he could do it, but only in America. And he decided at the age of 14, when he raised a family, it was going to be, he was going to raise it in America. And he had worked very long and hard. You know what my dad says to me? I think it's really important that people hear this. My dad said to me just not too long ago, just the other day, he's like, you know what's sad? He said, I love America 
more than a lot of Americans do. And I said, well, Dad, what would make you say something like that? And he, and he said, because I know what it's like to live outside of this country. Yeah. I know what it's like to run away from people who are supposed to protect you, but can do whatever they want. And there's no justice. I know what it's like to live in a country where government is bigger than people. It's a scary thought, but he's absolutely right. I, I see that all the time myself. Is I, I don't know whether we take it for granted. We don't understand the greatness that we have in this nation. We have people that burn the flag left and right, that try to cuss it, that try to stand up for communist China or that stand up for Cuba and some of the dictators that stand up for these socialist nations. I don't know why we do it, Mia, but the big question is, as he said, like he said, he came here for the American dream to work as hard as you can, and the more work that you put into it, the better mm-hmm. benefits that you get out of it. Do we still have that society today? Is that American dream still alive? Oh, I think it's very, I think it's, it's not as available and not, it's not because we attack the very thing that helps us, that helps give the American dream freedom. You have to have freedom to have the American dream. You have to have the ability of people to risk everything, to open up a shop, to provide an asset, whether it's a service or product that other people want. Our entrepreneurs are being attacked. Success is being attacked. I mean, these are the people, these small businessmen and women are the ones that gave my dad three jobs in order to make ends meet. And and they're being attacked. In our, we, we, our taxes pay for things that do not really benefit us as individuals. I always, as a mayor and as a city council member, and even as a member of Congress, those dollars are sacred. I saw them as sacred because somebody had to work really, really hard for them. And now we see our country losing our independence, our sovereignty, because we are completely overspending. It's taken things to another level. Yeah, I mean, uh, we see the media now. They're losing their minds over the ending of some of the COVID-19 benefits with 30 million Americans losing their SNAP programs. And now people actually have to qualify for Medicaid again in their states because they have to find the certain, you know, certain income levels in order to qualify for that. And the media having a heyday that these freebie handouts that we saw during the COVID-19 pandemic are ending. And they're making it sound like we're just going to see people die in the streets because we're not just giving things away willy-nilly any longer. Yeah, I remember being in financial services and we had one of the Castro brothers that was actually the director of HUD. This, he was under the Obama administration. And we, he was talking about writing a rule to rezone. And I, I mean, being a former mayor, I just thought federal rezoning in communities on the federal government level is just not what we want to do. And I gave them some statistics about how Utah has almost ended homelessness at that time. We were working really hard on our local level to try and get, you know, figure out the difference between situational poverty and generational poverty. He said, yeah, and you did that with my money. And I said, you're the problem. That is not your money. That money belongs to the people, to the people. That's the people's money. And we didn't ask for it. We did it on our own. 
That's why we don't want you coming into our state, into our city's rezoning. So again, I mean, I know I'm talking on and on, but this is about so much power being centralized and, and just kept right on the administration level. We are putting so much power in Washington. Where power is gained, power is lost, and people yeah. are the ones that are losing the power. Amen to that. I couldn't have said it better. It's Mia Love, former congresswoman from the 4th Congressional District for the state of Utah, also with her book, Qualified, in about the last 45 seconds that we have here. And it kind of answers the question with the title of your book, but what can we mm-hmm. do about this and can we take that power back from government? Because I've yet to see a government program get created and then them give the power back. So how do we get that power back and how do we make our voice heard loud and proud again? Run for something. Lead. Run a campaign. Make sure you're aware of what, who is representing you and what, what they represent. It's so important. I, my, I've, I firmly believe that the most dangerous politicians are the ones that lie, that are just, they, they do not tell the truth, only because they will promise and say anything they can say anything they can to make it to office without any intentions of keeping any of the promises that they make. Those pesky politicians. I love it. Mia Love, former congresswoman, author of the book Qualified. Go and check it out, Mia. Thank you so much for coming on the program. It's such an honor to talk to you. I'd love to chat with you again soon. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right, we got to take a break here. Lots more coming up here on The Voice of Reason. Stay here. With Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today for a Wednesday in the middle of the week. Thanks again to Mia Love coming on the program, former congresswoman from the 4th District of Utah, also, also with her book, Qualified. Great guest, isn't it? Great story. Really shows the American dream and what the American dream is, the way it should be, and what it needs to be again because of the lack of opportunity we have now with the government trying to put that glass ceiling on everybody, which is quite unfortunate. So many things I wanted to talk to her about we didn't get a chance to chat about, but we'll get her on the show again very soon. With that being said, as we kind of tease at the beginning of the show, there's some issues going on nationwide that I was not aware of of how bad these things were. What's trending today? And how frequent they're actually happening. So those that listen to the other program as well, I was a guest on Armed American Radio's Daily Defense today with the great Mark Walters. His hour number one, hour two is on the same time as we are here, so uh, not able to join then. But we ca- we talked about this is I-, I didn't realize how many states were dealing with this so frequently. And it really brings a grander question is what the hell is really going on there in the state of kansas today as you know i'm based out of wichita kansas with our flagship radio station where we hail from and this morning we got a news brief that there is a swatting incident and for those who don't know that what swatting is is a fake call saying that there is an incident there's a crime happening there's a burglary there's a murder there's a hostage situation there's an active shooter and they staged this call for law enforcement to go and respond to this location that they want them to locate at and it's not really happening but it's ha- they say it's happening just to cause the panic from law enforcement. This really became a national issue, I want to say about five years ago or so, 
And actually, it started here in Wichita again with a real legit swatting incident where someone who I guess was playing video games in California with a guy here in Wichita ended up calling police and staging a fake hostage situation at a home. Police showed up in the middle of the night. The individual came outside, obviously not knowing what's going on, and he ended up getting shot and killed. And it made national news and a lot of swatting laws, legislation from Washington, D.C. came out of what happened here in the Wichita area. Well, it's back at it again, and it's been at it for a while, but now it's claiming of active shooting situations at public schools, which, as we know, public schools is the sweet spot where apparently all the active shooters happen because they just want to shoot a whole bunch of kids, which makes no sense whatsoever, but that's what's happening in society today. Well, here in the state of Kansas today, this morning, seven schools received one of these calls across the state of Kansas, from Manhattan to Lawrence to Topeka, here in Wichita, out in Garden City, uh, El Dorado, in Russell, Kansas, all over the place. Seven active swatting incidences of a claimed active shooter. I have not heard the audio. Do not know what the calls sound like. Police have not released it yet, as it happened this morning. But I was not aware that it's been happening so many more. As I looked into it, I called up Mark Walters this morning, Armed American Radio, said, hey, you might want to be aware of this, might want to talk about it on your program today, uh, do a little bit of investigation. And he goes, Andy, we had about 12 of these calls happen in Georgia just back in October, November. We already are aware of this. This is happening all over the place. A month after that, Ohio. So I started doing some looking up. And I don't know if you're aware or not on how frequent these are happening. Just last week, on February 23rd, I got a call or I got a message after messaging on social media about this topic today. 16 of these calls were made in public schools in Colorado. In Ohio, as of this was November, November, no, I'm sorry, January, updated in January 13th of this year, multiple schools across the state of Ohio received these swatting calls. 15 schools in North Carolina on December 2nd of last year. Multiple law enforcement agencies take on swatting calls at schools across the state in Oklahoma. That one in November of last year, November, December. Constantly. Between September and October, September and November of last year, 200 schools received these calls in 28 separate states. Now, either there's someone that's really wanting to play a gag just because they hate law enforcement, or they're hoping that an innocent child will get shot in the process, whether it's a terrorist plot just trying to time out our emergency response to incidents like this. I don't know the reasoning for this, but it's got to stop. And we need to figure out what to do about the situation, and we got to figure it out fast. Lots more coming up. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Reason meets radio. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out halfway through the show. Already flies right on by. We are working to get in contact with Rainer Zeidelman. He is. I, I think we have a time differential here, <laughs> as he is in Germany. And we're in Wichita, Kansas, so a little bit of a time difference there. But uh, he's got his latest book, In Defense of Capitalism. We'll get him on the program, whether it's today or a little bit later. But it's all right because well, there's plenty to talk about right now. As uh, obviously this is wasn't going to be my topic of conversation today, but let's make it because I think it's something that we need to look a little bit deeper into when it comes to these swatting incidences, these calls for active shooters. It's almost like they want people to die. Remember watching that movie, The Dark Knight? 
the Batman movie, The Dark Knight, got a lot of critics uh, because the media and the Democrats, the mainstream, didn't quite get some of the symbolism that happened within that movie, some of the deeper messages of society, and uh, what's uh, Joker, which, by the way, Heath Ledger, by the way, the best Joker out of any Batman movie in the history of the franchise, and unfortunately, he passed away shortly after that because of going crazy by making that Joker, but nonetheless, it was a fantastic movie with The Dark Knight. It was... Definitely uh, an eye-opener when he had made the comment that sometimes people just want to watch the world burn. There are malicious, vicious, horrible individuals out there, sociopaths, psychopaths, uh, narcissists out there that have no care in the world for other human beings, and they just want to watch the world burn. And the really the big question is when you see the fact that state after state, uh, within a three-month time span, 200 schools in 28 different states across this nation have received these calls, these swatting calls about potential active shooter scenarios. What's the purpose? Like, what would be the point? It's like the, you know, scammer that gets your personal information. Like, what's the point? Obviously, they're making some kind of benefit from it. What kind of benefit do we get from a swatting call at a public school when there are enough school shootings already as is? We don't need pretend ones to happen as well. What's the point? So let's look at the points. Either it is truly just someone who wants to watch people squirm, wants people to continuously live in fear, wants people to question on whether their children are safe when they go to school every day because, hey, you know what? If we just claim that there's a public school shooting, we lock the school down, we make the, we make the parents panic, we make law enforcement kick in an action, and whether it's due to a distraction, whether it's timing things out to prepare for what could happen down the road, I, I don't know what the correlation is, but now that we're aware that this is happening state after state after state, Nebraska, I don't know Nebraska, but Kansas, but Oklahoma, in Colorado, in Ohio, in Georgia, in North Carolina, all over the country. What's the correlation? Where's the connected dots? That's where the way my brain works is how do we connect the dots when things like this happen? 200 schools, at least until November of last year, on top of that, what we've seen over the last few months as well. That's a scary thought. And while parents are already on edge, here in Wichita, Wichita, Kansas, we are not that big city. I'm telling you, we're really not a big city. It's okay. We're a small, we're we're a big small town. We know everybody in town. It's like that small town feel, but yet still a relatively decent sized city. The city of Wichita started implementing uh, metal detectors in public schools. As I mentioned yesterday, there is no such thing as freedom any longer. We no longer have any freedom. You cannot drive it and name one thing. And you can email me, who's your media network at gmail.com. Who's your media network at gmail.com? I've asked this question for years on the radio and no one has been able to answer it from the other side when they say, I don't know what you're talking about. We're just here for your safety. As Benjamin Franklin rightly pointed out, when you uh, give up rights and freedom for safety, then you deserve neither. Because guess what? When you give those up, then what's the point of even living when you live in a police state to feel, and I use feel because emotions apparently are a very strong term for the other side of the aisle. When you feel safe, then are you really free? But some people don't care. They like living in the cage. They like being the zoo animal, living in a cage, as long as things are properly fed to them. Just like yesterday, as the media losing their minds, man, over the amount of social programs, the SNAP program killing off the $100 a month in benefits for 30 million Americans. Whatever. Whatever will we do? Jobs are coming back. People are getting back to work, or at least they need to be getting back to work if they have not done so yet. And yet we are losing our minds over the fact that we have not had, uh, that we're ending some of the social programs in the nation because the SNAP programs are on the way out. It's a very scary thought. It is, uh, it, it's, it's, 
wild to think that people want to live in the cage that way because they're okay with giving up freedoms for security. They're okay giving up capitalism for socialism. They're okay giving up their freedom, even at public schools, with metal detectors and everything of the sort by making staged calls of active shooter scenarios. And uh, now we saw that here in the state of Kansas. Just last week, we saw it in the state of Colorado. And over the last months, over 30 states, hundreds of schools across the nation. Kind of a concerning thing. I think we have our guest on the line. Let's go and see if we have him here. I like it. What's trending today? As we talk about capitalism, we talk about freedom, not just in America, because sometimes it seems to be like, oh, America is the American dream. But do we have true capitalism in the country? And what's the perspective of the idea around the world as well? As excited to have on the program, he is the author of the uh, latest book in defense of capitalism, all hailing all the way from the great country of Germany. It's Rainer Zeitelman, if he's on the line here. Rainer, are you there, my friend? Yeah. Yes. How, how are you? I am great. I'm, I am I'm great. great. You're live. You're live on the radio with you. I appreciate you calling in and uh, and getting with us. I'm excited to chat with you about this. Is we kind of did a an extended uh, uh, setup for you here. Capitalism seems to be crumbling from what we hear from certain media sources around the world and here in the United States. Is that true? Or is, are we seeing the demise of capitalism in today's times? I think capitalism is under attack everywhere in the world. And it's also true in the United States. I just got the new book from Bernie Sanders. It's okay to be angry about capitalism. (laughs) And I think this is wrong. Because if you think, why is America the greatest nation ever? Because of capitalism and uh, and not because of socialism. And so why to give up a system that worked so well in the past? Yeah, uh, it's worked for a while now. Now, I think in, a, in the United States especially, I think we're at the point where we no longer see a true capitalist society, but like what Bernie Sanders tries to say when he says that he hates capitalism and Michael Moore making his documentaries about capitalism, using the capitalist system for his own personal profit, by the way. Uh, when we talk about how bad capitalism is and how it's failing, I think we're almost in a post-capitalistic or crony capitalistic system where the corporations are using government for benefit instead of trying to keep the government the hell out of their business. Are we seeing that change right now? I don't I, I don't like the word crony capitalism because crony capitalism I know this word it is not uh, it is not capitalism. Yeah. Uh, I think today almost every country in the world is a mixture, a mixture between state and market, a mixture between socialism and capitalism. But the question is how much socialism do you have and how much capitalism do you have? And if you look what happened over the last decades in the United States and, of course, even more in Europe, that we have more and more government, more and more state, and less and less market. And this is the problem. Because if you look in history, and this is what I'm doing in my book, you can also see I, I, I want to compare it to the test tube. If you have a test tube with two ingredients, market state or capitalism socialism, and then look what happens if you add more markets, even if it is not so much, look what happened in China, for example. Uh, 1981, there were 88% of people in China living in extreme poverty. Then they started with uh, introducing private property, more markets, and standards of living increased. Of course, it's not true capitalism there in China. The same Vietnam. I've been there some months ago. It's amazing. It was the poorest country in Europe in 1990. And then they started pro-market reforms, introduced private property, so what means more capitalism, more market, and standards of living increase. And we do hear the opposite. For example, where I'm here in Germany, it's, it's really crazy. 
it's more and more going in the direction of planned economy. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad that people are starting to wake up to this. By the way, we're talking with Rainier Zeidelman. He's the author of the book In Defense of Capitalism. You can find it all over uh, on Amazon and other places as well. I was curious about how Europe looks at this issue because we tell uh, when from America here at least we hear about the European Union we hear about these socialist mindsets of a two thousand piece of a two thousand page piece of legislation in order to trade cabbage from one country to another because the European Union has their iron grip on everything there and it doesn't sound like capitalism has been the forefront of conversation for a while is it reviving itself in Europe right now? Absolutely. I give you an example from Germany, for example. Look, in our energy policy, we there was an article in Wall Street Journal some years ago with the headline, the dumbest energy policy in the world. And this was about Germany. It's absolutely correct. Look what we have done. First, we phased out nuclear power plants. Then we started to phase out coal power plants. Then we forbid fracking. But we import LNG gas fracking from the United States. What's good for the United States, but absolutely crazy for us. And then we made us dependent on Russian gas. And in the end, we wonder why we have a problem now with, with, with energy. This is crazy. And this is not uh, a free market. It's like a planned economy. And what we do now in the next step, and this is really very dangerous. You know, we are famous for our auto industry with BMW, with Mercedes, Volkswagen, and so. And in the past, it was market economy. What, what I mean, entrepreneurs, in the end, consumers decided what cars to produce. Now politicians and government officials decide what car to produce. For example, from the European Union, they want to forbid now all other cars only to allow electric cars. I have nothing against electric cars, but I think in the end it should be consumers' choice and the decision of the of the companies and not the decision of politicians and government officials. Because this is the real difference between a market economy and a planned economy. In a market economy, consumer decide. In a planned economy, politicians and government uh, officials decide. And this is the direction we are going here in Europe. And I, I've, I've been very often in the United States. I was there uh, some weeks ago. And I see there's a lot also in the United States going in this wrong direction where we have gone in Europe. Yeah. What a concept. Yeah. Consumers actually choosing what they want to buy and then being able to set the prices for it based on the demand for that as well. Rainer, we got to take a hard break here. Can you stick over one more segment with us? Oh, all right. Hang tight here. I want to get you when we come back. We go When we come back, I want to continue this conversation where we move forward with capitalism, where we can get it and where we can start infiltrating other markets around the world as well. We got a lot more to talk about here on The Voice Reason. Stay right here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yeah, killing it today. Rocking just across the board for the entire hour. Mia Love, former congresswoman, we had at the top of the hour. We'll have that podcast up in a little bit. You can hear that interview. Right now we're hanging out talking about capitalism. The reemergence of capitalism. We have the left-wing progressives here in the country that are all about the socialist movement, the socialist takeover. We need to mimic what Europe's doing. We need to mimic the United Kingdom. We need to mimic... Uh, 
the Nordic countries with their socialist programs. We need to mimic what Germany and everybody else is doing because their socialism is so great. When <laughs> Europe seems to be going the other, saying, wait a second, we've tried this. It hasn't quite worked out. We need to bring some free markets and capitalism back into the system. Right now we're hanging out with Rainer Zeitelman. He's the author of the book In Defense of Capitalism. And uh, you had mentioned the the private-public partnerships that have been happening really around the world, uh, looking at maybe the Nordic countries up there in Sweden and, and in Denmark and these other countries where they have kind of this – it's not quite socialism, although they try to portray it as socialism here in America. Um, are they realizing that sometimes, again, free market capitalism is the best way to go in an economy? I hear this Akinjuri often, especially in the United States, uh, people like Bernie Sanders, they tell about uh, like Sweden or Nordic uh, countries, Scandinavian countries as socialists. It's crazy. It's, 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 uh, I, I see that he, not, not, he knows absolutely nothing about Sweden. <laughs> Sweden was, if they had a kind of socialism, this was in the 70s. But it was a total disaster, and they understood it. And they had a lot of pro-market reforms. And if you look today in the Index of Economic Freedom, uh, you know, this is a ranking from the Heritage Foundation where you can see how capitalist is a country. Sweden say it's more capitalist as the United States. I think Sweden is something like number 11 and the United States something like number 25. And if you look at taxes, of course, they have higher income taxes. But even in the United States, I know if you are in New York, you have even uh, uh, very high income taxes. But uh, uh, this is correct. They have high income taxes. But, for example, in Sweden, they have less labor market regulations than you have in the United States. And especially what is important, they abolished wealth tax. They abolished inheritance tax. They abolished gift tax. If you call this socialism, let's try this Swedish socialism in the United States. First, <laughs> abolish, abolish all this kind of tax. Yeah, let's try the system. Let's see how well it works. Oh, we got just a couple of minutes here, Rainer, but I have to ask you, being in Germany, I know you mentioned uh, energy just a little bit ago and how well the energy market's going. Uh, Europe especially is so tied to NATO and with the ongoing conflict with Russia and the Ukraine, how is the energy supply in countries like you and uh, being there in Germany and in France and in other places that are really dependent on oil and energy coming from those regions? How are you guys doing? Uh-oh, did we lose him? We might have lost him. All right, I think we lost him. That's Rainer Zeidelman. You can check him out uh, in Defense of Capitalism. is his book. How said, I wanted to ask about that last question, too, but uh, I think he got cut out there, so we'll try and get him back on the show a little bit later. I'm curious, as he mentioned, with the energy market especially, realizing that the government control of these industries are maybe not the best way. As you know, the country of France had a very large uh, nuclear energy for the longest time they're starting to get away from that not quite sure why and now we're starting to see more dependence on uh, uh russian oil and uh, ukrainian supplies and as the uh, uh, ukrainian refugees are just swarming the country of germany and everybody around there trying to come out and get themselves saved with the ongoing conflict I, i'm curious on how germany is uh, being able to survive with some of those issues so uh, how sad we'll get rainer back on the program again uh, later on but you can check him out rainer zeidelman the author book in defense of capitalism you can find it on uh, amazon other places as well look at that the european countries moving further towards capitalism and free markets because no more my friends will the monarchies control and dictate what the consumers are doing no more Will the communists and the tyrants control what's going on in this country and across the world as well? No more will they dictate what consumers are doing. And while we're trying to go that direction for whatever crazy reason, 
We see them starting to rike up, recognize what's going on, and actually come back to the capitalist side. It is very unfortunate that uh, uh, this is the direction we're going, and we need to wake up. Maybe It's weird with the generation like mine that likes to travel around the world and actually experience the rest of the world because we're the wicked, wild, free thinkers that won't hold down a job and that we just want to go and experience. They're not recognizing what's really going on around the world, and I think it's time for many Americans to start waking up. That does it for us today. Unfortunately, we lost connection with Rainer Zeitelman. We're getting back on the program again soon. Author of the book, In Defense of Capitalism, but we appreciate his time very, very much. God, I love it. And hopefully they're rocking it in the state of Germany. Great guest. We'll definitely get him back on the program again real soon. Until then, we're out of time, my friends. Podcast up in just a little bit. Until then... Be your own voice of reason. Have that conversation with your children. Bring some common sense back into your own community. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio again for tomorrow on a pre-Friday celebration.